0: 1 Kings chapter 6. In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 wide, and 30 high. The portico at the front of the main hall of the temple extended the width of the temple that is 20 cubits, and projected 10 cubits from the front of the temple. He made narrow windows high up in the temple walls. Against the walls of the main hall and inner sanctuary, he built a structure around the building, in which there were side rooms. The lowest floor was 5 cubits wide, the middle floor 6 cubits, and the third floor 7. He made offset ledges around the outside of the temple, so that nothing would be inserted into the temple walls. In building the temple, only blocks dressed as the quarry were used, and no hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. The entrance to the lowest floor was on the south side of the temple, a stairway led up to the middle level, and from there to the third. So he built the temple and completed it, roofing it with beams and cedar planks. And he built the side rooms all along the temple. The height of each was five cubits, and they were attached to the temple by beams of cedar. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if you follow my decrees, observe my laws, and keep all my commands and obey them, I will fulfill through you the promise I gave to David your father. And I will live among the Israelites, and will not abandon my people Israel. So Solomon built the temple and completed it. He lined its interior walls with cedar boards, panelling them from the floor of the temple to the ceiling, and covered the floor of the temple with planks of juniper. He partitioned off 20 cubits at the rear of the temple, from cedar boards from floor to ceiling, to form within the temple an inner sanctuary, the most holy place. The main hall in front of this room was 40 cubits long. The inside of the temple was cedar, carved with gouds and open flowers. Everything was cedar, no stone was to be seen. He prepared the inner sanctuary within the temple to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 wide and 20 high. He overlaid the inside with pure gold and he also overlaid the altar of cedar. Solomon covered the inside of the temple with pure gold and he extended gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary which was overlaid with gold so he overlaid the whole interior with gold. He also overlaid with gold the altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary. For the inner sanctuary he made a pair of cherubim out of olive wood, each ten cubits high. One wing of the first cherub was five cubits long, and the other wing five cubits. Ten cubits from wingtip to wingtip. The second cherub also measured ten cubits, for the two cherubim were identical in size and shape. The height of each cherub was ten cubits. He placed the cherubim inside the innermost room of the temple, with their wings spread out. The wing of one cherub touched one wall, while the wing of the other touched the other wall, and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. He overlaid the cherubim with gold. On the walls all around the temple, in both the inner and outer rooms, he carved cherubim, palm trees and open flowers he also covered the floors of both the inner and outer rooms of the temple with gold. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary, he made doors out of olive wood that were one-fifth of the width of the sanctuary, and on the two olive wood doors he carved cherubim, palm trees and open flowers, and overlaid the cherubim and palm trees with hammered gold. In the same way, for the entrance to the main hall, he made door frames out of olive wood that were one-quarter of the width of the hall. He also made two doors out of juniper wood, each having two leaves that turned in sockets. He carved cherubim, palm trees and open flowers on them and overlaid them with gold hammered evenly over the carvings. And he built the inner courtyard of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams. The foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid in the fourth year, in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, In the month of Bull, the eighth month, the temple was finished in all its details according to its specifications. He had spent seven years building it.
1: 1 Corinthians chapter 7 Now for the matters you wrote about. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God, and each has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried, and to widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does... For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her unbelieving husband. Otherwise your children will be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. If the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Nevertheless, Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. You were brought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person, as responsible to God, should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry... You have not sinned and if a virgin marries she has not sinned but those who marry will face many troubles in this life and i want to spare you this what i mean brothers and sisters is that time is short from now on those who have wives should live as if they do not those who mourn as if they did not those who are happy as if they were not those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep those who use things of the world as if not engrossed in them, for this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can she please her husband? I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honourably toward the virgin he's engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He's not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries a virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. For more resources to help you bring the Word to life, go to premier.org.uk slash Bible. This reading has been taken from the NIV Bible Biblica and is published by Hodder and Stoughton.
0: Spring is in the air, so now's the perfect time to treat yourself or your loved ones to faith-inspired products at unbeatable prices. Visit premierchristianmarketplace.co.uk and uncover a fantastic selection of books, cards, home decor, and gifts that will enrich your spiritual life and bring joy to those around you. Shop today at premierchristianmarketplace.co.uk
1: Imagine you're in a room that's pitch black, you can't see and someone opens the door and there's a light. There's a way out of that darkness, there's a way out of that place and that's the difference between being in that place of day and having nowhere to go and people like Cap stepping in. Together with local churches, Christians Against Poverty is helping families like Holly's throughout the cost of living crisis. A gift from you of £19 for just nine months can provide the support they need. To find out more, visit capuk.org forward slash premiere. Let's fight poverty together.